going on? This is Springs Talk with Doc, and this is your host, Doc. Uh, I can be found on most social media platforms that you are listening to podcasts. This is not a podcast where I'm trying to open your third aisle. I'm just talking from one man's point of view about multiple different subjects, anything that's interesting that's going on in the world. I'm a one one time a week show, usually Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So let's get to it. I'm going to start off this show talking about the NFL week two. So we have to, before we even talk about the games, we have to talk about Antonio Brown. I'm just going to quickly give you my viewpoint on what I think about the Antonio Brown situation. Do I think that the Patriots are wrong to play him tomorrow? No, I do not. The reason being is this. Right now, this is just an allegation. An allegation could be made against you. I don't know if you thought about that. At your job, an allegation can be made against you, be you male or female. It does not matter. Do you think that you should be suspended from your job, told that you can't show up off an allegation where there are no criminal charges filed? And this would also set a precedent where NFL, NBA, Major League Soccer, UFC, it doesn't make a difference. You pick the sport. A female or male at any given point in time can come up at a time that is critical to the success of the organization and make an accusation and have that player pulled off the field, which will not only mess with money, it will mess with who wins and who loses. I'm not saying that nothing happened to this woman. I was not there, so I have no clue. But she has not spoken to the league. She has not spoken to the police as far as we know. So Joe Blow in an elevator can say something, but they have to be found to be credible. And so far, because she has not spoken up to the proper authorities other than the civil lawsuit, Antonio Brown should be allowed to play until that time. Now, if they find that she has credible uh, testimony, Maybe she even has evidence beyond the text messages, which he is a damn fool for sending. When in this day and age are people not aware that what you put on social media, what you text, where your phone goes to and fro? I mean, police jobs are now easy because they solve crimes via phones these days. People rat on themselves all the time. You don't even have to be Sherlock Holmes anymore to solve a crime. You could just track the phone and convict a person off of that alone. New technology is fantastic, but it will also put your ass in hot water if you are a dummy. And nothing about Antonio Brown, other than his football skills, have proven that he is anything less than a dummy. Uh, he has had a monumental sum of foolishness that I will say, supreme wide receiver, athletic talent, a once-in-a-generation type football player. But as a human being, he has shown one bad move after the other. He's put his foot in his mouth over and over again, and it doesn't look good. No, it does not look good for him, but we have to see how this plays out. We have to see if she eventually wants to pursue this in a court of law or if she wants to just keep this where it is right now and make it a civil suit and, and collect some money 
for damages. So Tampa Bay played Carolina Panthers this week, and Cam Newton's catching a lot of hell. Now, Cam Newton should catch a lot of hell for wearing the stupid-ass babushkas. I don't even know what kind of style that is. I don't, you know, but that's his thing. He can afford to dress like that. I have no issue with it. He's a grown-ass man. What he chooses and how he chooses to look with his hair and his clothes, that's on Cam. I'm, I'm not one to speak on that. But his play, his running ability, Cam Newton is obviously an injured person on a football field, and nobody's giving this young man any credit for actually putting it all on the line for his team, his legacy, and his organization, and his fans. Cam is out there definitely laboring. When he can't make a one-yard run for a first down, you notice something is wrong with him. With that big body that he has, the speed he has, the strength he has, one-yard run on a, on a weak side defense should have been a give-me. So Tampa wins this game, 20-14. to 14. Not a spectacular game, but Jameis did get the win. And, uh, you know, Jameis has a lot of improvement to do. I don't even know if that after this year's contract is up, if he'll ever have another starting job in the NFL. I see him maybe playing the next five to seven years as a backup and another organization that has a good number one. He'd be a great number two. But uh, as far as, like, all the hype of a Heisman Trophy win, I think he makes horrible decisions. But we'll see how this season pans out, right? We got the San Francisco 49ers. They're going into Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I just think, is a better team than the 49ers at this given point. And Cincinnati's home, so I am definitely going with the Bengals. We got the Chargers at the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions laid an egg against Arizona last week, so all the faith that I might have had in Detroit actually being a halfway decent team is out the window. I think the Chargers go on the road, and they beat Detroit Lions. Now, this is a game that I'm really looking forward to. The hated Green Bay Packers play the Minnesota Vikings at home. Okay, Rodgers is Rodgers. The Green Bay defense played a good game last week, but Minnesota looked outstanding on offense. Minnesota looked outstanding on defense. Cook was running the ball well. Cousins was throwing it. Thielen was catching it. That defense was tight. Ball was all over the place. Let's see if they could put back-to-back games together. I am picking Minnesota Vikings to go into Green Bay and actually get the victory. We got the Colts are going to Tennessee. Tennessee looked fantastic against Cleveland Browns. We don't know if that was because Cleveland was just so overhyped. Tennessee was just willing to go all out to knock them down a peg. But I have Tennessee actually beating the Colts. I think that Brissett is going to run a good show for the Colts. He's a professional quarterback. He's a decent quarterback. He's no bum. But I do not think that Indianapolis has the the guns to go into Tennessee in a grind them out type game. I expect Tennessee to grind games out. Them scoring 40 points was like insane last week. And I don't expect it again. New England goes into Miami. Miami is beyond horrible, beyond horrible. I think this team has already put it in. They have already signed and clocked out. The Patriots are not going to lose another game like they did last year to the Dolphins. They're not going to get caught up in the Miami hype. 
I think Belichick is going to make sure of it. So I expect the New England Patriots to stomp a mud hole in the Dolphins' ass. I mean, without a without a doubt, Josh Gordon and, and Antonio Brown should go crazy. Buffalo is staying in New York to play the Giants. They played the Jets last week. They eked out a victory. But I think as bad as the Giants are, as bad as Eli is, he has Saquon Barkley, and I expect Saquon Barkley to have one of those outlandish games. I'm talking 130 to 170 yards rushing, another 75 catching. Ingram maybe scoring one or two touchdowns, even Shepard getting in the mix. So I think that this is one of those games where Eli's going to act like he still has it because he's playing inferior talent. So I got the Giants beating the Bills. Seattle is playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh desperately needs this game. Juju Schuster needs to establish himself as a number one. He didn't really do that in game one. Seattle's a good team of full of no-name talent that nobody in the world knows who these people are. Connor had a horrible game rushing for the Steelers last week. I think he had like uh, – 10, 15 carries for like 30-something yards. He's only averaged like two yards per carry. But I think that Pittsburgh actually pulls it together, gets their shit together. Their pride is on the line. They can't start the season on two, so they win at home. My Dallas Cowboys go into Washington. I expect this to be a decent game. I expect Washington to fight. This is an interdivisional rivalry. I expect them to fight for at least three quarters before Dallas wears them out. Do I expect Prescott to have such an outstanding performance where he throws for 400 yards again? No, I do not. He is not that type of quarterback, so I'm not expecting that type of uh, output from him weekly. I expect Ezekiel Elliott to get the ball a lot more, maybe over 20 carries, where he probably rush for about a buck 25 and maybe get two touchdowns himself. This is one of those games where there'll be dinky dunking to Witten. So I expect my Cowboys to definitely pull this game out. Like I said, it'd be a tough for three quarters, but the fourth quarter, the Cowboys should start rolling on them. Arizona plays the Baltimore Ravens. Mr. Lamar Jackson went eight shit uh, last game, five touchdowns, 300 yards. I mean, this Hollywood Brown, who we find out is Antonio Brown's cousin, he went absolutely crazy. I do not believe in Arizona. I think that they're one of the worst teams in the league. I can't even mention them without laughing, to tell you the truth. So I expect the Ravens to win, but do not expect the repeat performance. But I do expect Lamar Jackson to be pretty good. But the eyes, once again, are going to be on Kyler Murray. We want to see if he can reproduce what he did in that fourth quarter game against the Lions. And hopefully he plays up to a decent standard. When you're a black quarterback in the NFL, you're short or short for the NFL. They're always looking for ways to knock you down. And I am hoping that he's able to stand in the face of this and prove to people in quick fashion that he is actually a number one NFL quarterback. We got Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going into Texas to play the Texans, the Houston Texans. I expect the Texans to beat Jacksonville. 
I don't like Jacksonville offense. They don't have the number one quarterback. We all know that folks went down last week. This guy, Mishu, I don't know. He didn't look bad, but I can't expect this unheard of Mishu to go up against that defense and be pretty good. This is not a game that I care to really watch, but I'm expecting Houston to win. And hopefully Mr. Watson gets some blocking where he doesn't take a beating again. I mean, they trying to get this guy out of the league before he got in the league because he's taking a hell of a – he's taking one of those Andrew Luck ass whippings per week right now. We got the Bears. They're going to Denver. Denver's a shit team. I think that the Bears are a really good team. Uh, don't expect a lot of offense, but that defense is good. So I expect Chicago to go actually up into Bronco country and steal a victory. So I, uh, I, I just think that they're a much better team. Uh, they need to run the ball. I didn't think they ran the ball well last week. Chicago's offense really looked, really looked out of sync. It looked like it was a preseason game for them, and hopefully they got it together. We got the Saints playing the Rams, a game I am definitely looking forward to, and I think most football fans are looking forward to it. This is one of those 4 o'clock games. I think it's going to be Fox game of the week, 4 o'clock. This is a rematch of that debacle ending last year that cost the Saints because they did not call that penalty, uh, that pass interference penalty. But this is not a game to bitch, moan, and groan about what happened months ago because that is dead and gone. I think Drew Brees, Kamara, and the boys will go out there and steal a victory in L.A. But even though I, I'm sorry, last week I had forgot Todd Gurley's name. My bad. This week I remember Todd Gurley's name. Let's see if Todd Gurley is healthy. I mean, it's like this is like a huge mystery. It's like... We don't know. We haven't known for months if Todd is healthy, if Todd's not healthy. And the Rams are holding this really tight to the chest. They're not releasing much information at all. If anything, they tell you that Todd is good to go, but we will see. The Sunday night game, we got the Eagles. They go into Atlanta. I expect the Eagles to go into Atlanta and steal this victory. I think the Eagles are a very good team, and I really hate saying that being a Cowboy fan, but I think the Eagles got all kinds of weapons all over the place. Deshaun Jackson's a home run hitter. He looks to be happy to be back in Philadelphia. Wentz is going to send him out at least two or three times a game and say, can you go get the ball? Now, it's up to the defenses to see if they'll stop him. And I don't see Atlanta being able to do that. Now, a wacky game. Monday night football, we get the Cleveland Browns versus the New York Jets. When's the last time that you heard on a primetime game the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. Sam Donald's got the kissing disease. Mono, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope that is, you know, he's not suffering with this. From what I hear, Mono's a mother effer. We laugh at it because we call it the kissing disease. But I hear that it's really painful to the body. It's painful on the throat. You lose a lot of weight because you can't eat and light bothers you. So I don't wish this on anybody. But I'm expecting Cleveland's offense to open up this week. Kitchen's looked lost last week. The Browns looked horrible. It looked like they were expecting to go on that field and have the Titans just roll over to them. And I don't know why they felt that that was was going to happen. You got to go out there and play the game, guys. But I do have the Browns winning this one quite handily. No competition. The Jets really don't have much. Inua, 
Inuwu, he's hurt. Uh, Le'Veon Bell said he's fine, but he had to go get an MRI on his shoulder. You lose your starting quarterback. Maybe the Jets' defense can keep it close for a half, but I expect this to be a really bad loss. Today on ESPN+, Plus, we got Cowboy Seronius fighting Justin Gagey. Also on this card, we got Glover Teixeira. Uriah Hall is on this card. So I'm looking forward to this. I love the UFC. I really do. There's no female fights, which disappoints me because the females always bring the ruckus, and I enjoy that. But I do also enjoy the fact that there's a UFC card that's not on pay-per-view per se, even though you do have to pay for ESPN+. Plus. But there's some decent fights, and I'm expecting that Cowboy Cerrone, Justin Gagey fight, to be no more than a round and a half with somebody literally, literally going to sleep. This is not a three-round bout. This is not 15 minutes of these two guys swinging for the fences. Cowboy has more in his uh, arsenal, but Gagey could catch him at any time. But Gagey's defense is particularly lousy. So, I mean, I, this is a hard pick even for me. But Cowboy looked really bad in his last fight. So I'm going to go with the fresher guy who didn't get knocked out in his last fight. So I'm picking Justin Gagey. Not that I'm rooting for him, I'm just picking him. Oh, man. I watched, I'm caught up now, episode three of Power. Episode four premieres tomorrow. Power was the biggest piece of garbage. And in my right mind, I like to do the right thing by myself and I like to do the right thing by people. I cannot in good standing tell you, if you're not a fan of Power, to watch the show Power. Uh, 50 Cents did a lousy job of directing. The plot to this particular episode was beyond comical. It made zero sense. Everything that they did, they really should have put a disclaimer stating, this is television. Do not take any of this for, for real. Do not attempt at home because the thing that you can just go up into a federal court building and do pull off what they pulled off didn't make any sense. Nothing made sense. Scene to scene to scene to scene of just nonsense. As my wife said, she said this was like classic soap opera. I'm a male. I don't watch soap operas. That's why I don't watch shows like Empire. I don't I just am not into soap operas. I need a better story where things make sense from the beginning to the middle and end off with some kind of direction. You know, we had all these people. Oh, and by the way, uh, I, I'm not know, I do not know if you're familiar with this or not, but Netflix released season three of Top Boy. It, it was a British show that was out uh, years ago, maybe five, six years ago. It had two seasons. It was very good. It's a, it gives you some insight on like street hustle, drug dealing, and things like that of young urban black people in Britain. So if you have never seen it before, you could either catch up with season one or two and then work your way to three. But I've seen one and two, so I'm going to start enjoying a marathon of season three because one thing great about Netflix is they allow you to marathon because they release everything at once. So thank you, Netflix. Man, you had these people in the Bahamas. Boy, they're suffering, they're suffering. Then they get these people on a boat heading 
a ferry heading to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And then we tell them that they can't. We pull hundreds of people off the boat because Trumpino decides that they're very, very, very bad people who are very, 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 very bad drug dealers. I mean, I am sure drugs come to every port known to man. But uh, the Bahamas has never been known as the cocaine capital of the world. As far as I know, I could be dead wrong. And this is Strange Talk with Doc, and I'm Doc. Please holler at me. If you heard me say something that was outlandish and you want to straighten my ass out about it, feel free to do so. Leave me a message. Call in live. The information to the show is posted. If you just look up Strange Talk with Doc in your favorite search engine, you will find out where I'm located. And I would love for you to call in and we can discuss or debate any topic that you would like. I would not avoid any topic. I don't care what it is. I have no fear in speaking my mind. And so there's a phone number listed there with the times, dates, and sometimes the subject matters. I post those on the Facebook site. I post those on my Instagram site. So feel free to call in. I would love to have you call in, share, like, subscribe, okay? Trump. So Trump decides to go into a verbal battle with John Legend and his wife, Christy, you know, where he calls her filthy mouth. She shoots back that he's a pussy-ass bitch, and he defends his... This dude goes to a rally in in North Carolina, and he decides to spend time there, where he almost insinuates that nobody was living in America before 25 years ago. He, He defends his hairstyle as the best hairstyle of any man his age, and then he also defends his color by stating that he's lighted wrong, and that's what's making him look orange. So, uh, you know, between Trump and this other lunatic who is Joseph Biden, Joseph Biden is having, and I have nothing against seniors because I love the wisdom that some seniors have that they share with the younger generations. I mean, they show us what to do, how to do it, and, and there's a lot of wisdom in them. But Joe seems to be having these moments where he's just falling apart. I mean, between him and Trump, we have to really come up and think as a country about legislation to be put on the books. Now, I don't want to be ageist, but to say that there has to be a cutoff for a certain age of a man or woman to run for president of the United States. We have an age where they can't run before. We need to have a cutoff age at the end. If I'm not mistaken, 45, you can't be 40 years old and run for president. They want you to be 45 and above. But let's start saying that maybe when you hit 70, your window of opportunity is over. You have between 45 and 70 to do it. Now, if you turn 70 while in office, I don't have a problem with that. But to run for office at 70, 72, which means you're not even thinking about leaving office until you're 76, going on maybe 77, that is ridiculous. We have got to put an end to this because Biden is is sad. And I think that he more than likely is going to win the Democratic primary because Beatles, who I do like, but he has things that go against him. Nobody's going to really vote for an unmarried homosexual. I believe he's out homosexual in America. I don't think we've reached that point yet. 
I don't think Corey Brooker has a chance in hell. He's another unmarried man. He's a black man. The country just coming out of basically eight years of Obama. They're not going to have two out of the last three presidents be black. We're not ready for a woman, so Camilla Harris has no chance. Bernie Sanders is out there. I mean, just out there. And we don't need to make this simpler and easier on Trump. I'm just waiting and wondering, where's the Republican candidates that are running against Trump? There's no way the Republican Party can have this man run unopposed. But we're getting almost to 2020. We're in September of 2019. It is time for whoever this face is to pop up. You can't wait until June of next year because then you'll have no momentum going into the polls. And I don't understand that. You know, I was reading an article this week, and they said that every 40 seconds a person dies by suicide, and an average of 800,000 people per year commit suicide. I want to just give out the suicide lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. Never feel embarrassed that if you're in trouble, that you need help, you need somebody to speak to, do it. Save your life. Spare your family the grief. I know that life gets hard, and sometimes we get our ass kicked by circumstances, illness, loss of employment. Things go haywire. Things that we need, we don't get. And sometimes people feel hopeless. But reach out. Reach out to somebody. If you're listening to me and you're in trouble and you got nobody else in this world to talk to, you can call me. I will listen. If you, all you need is an ear, I'll be an ear. If you need somebody to talk back to you, I will talk back to you. But don't, there is no coming back once you're gone. There's no coming back from suicide. And the damage done, once it's done, it cannot be reversed. So please, once again, 1-800-273-8255. That is the suicide lifeline. Any desperation at all, please reach out to somebody, your church, a coworker. If somebody is really calling you friend and you believe in your heart that they're your friend, that's the moment that you contact them. You got a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, I don't care. Reach out. Don't fight this battle alone. That's how people lose. So we get this freaking horse. Kentucky Derby, the 2018 winner justified, come to find out, failed the drug test, pre-Kentucky Derby, the trainer knew about it, did not pull the horse, which shows no integrity, allows this horse to race, the officials knew about it, horse wins, millions of dollars are bet on a bogus winner, none of the money can be returned because it's over. I mean, so now horse racing has this stigma that they're going to have to carry because now we say, you know what, if the fix is in, who they want to win will win because this year was also controversy. You had this horse, maximum security, he wins the race, and then this gets disqualified. The first horse in like 50 years to be disqualified off of a brush of some sort of another horse or he ran in stride with another horse, something like that. I've seen it, but I won't be watching any more Kentucky Derbies because now that I know for certain that the fix is in, 
I mean, and think about it. They say something like almost two quarters of a billion dollar is bet on Kentucky Derby Day alone. And they can influence who and when and what horse they want. This justified, they were so desperate to have a triple crown winner that they said, we will give up our uh, integrity. We will give up our good standings. We will give up our name to have this because it gets a lot of press when you get a triple crown winner. Nobody cares when you have a Kentucky Derby winner that's one horse, Preakness horse, that's a different horse, and a Belmont horse, that's a different horse. It goes away next year. you got to start all over. And I think they would have been struggling for 25 years to find a horse. Why they picked this particular horse, who knows? I do not know. I have no clue whatsoever. So once again, I'm just letting you know this is Strange Talk with Doc. I am your host, Doc. I have a lot of shows that you go back and listen to. I prefer that you listen to the shows on a place called Talk Shoe. Yes, Shoe, S-H-O-E, like the thing that you have on your feet. That's where you can also call in. We could chop it up. We can go over some subjects. I'm always, since it's football season, I'm always going to have something to talk about football related. I am not trying to speak down to you. I'm not trying to kick knowledge to you or open your third eye. I'm just giving you my opinion on some things that are happening in this world today. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate all the people over this last year that have listened in, which is now over 80,000 people. Thank you very much. I do appreciate you. Uh, I'm very humbled by that number. I'm trying to grow. Matter of fact, it's over 85,000 on this talk shoe site alone, and I do appreciate you. And I'm going to tell you, like I tell you each and every time, my friends, peace to you and peace to yours.